Hey there, welcome to the Joyful Rebels podcast. We've got Claire and Donna Thomas here, your mother-daughter duo. And this week, we're going to be talking about negative emotions. (laughs) More specifically, how to effectively deal with negative emotions. Because let's be honest here, negative emotions, they don't feel great, right? No one's like, yes, I want more negative emotions. Or maybe, you know, some of the poets or artistic type might, but no, no one, we generally don't go out and say we want to feel badly. But the truth of the matter is negative emotions are necessary. You can look at it from an evolutionary standpoint, but some of these things like our fight or flight response or even uh, more complex emotions like jealousy or sadness, they're critical. They're necessary. Uh, Things like sadness can motivate us for sympathy for others. Mm. Things like jealousy can end up motivating us to repair social ties, to enhance connections. So there are ways to reframe some of these negative emotions that we experience. But when it comes down to it, our goal should not be to eradicate them because I'm telling you, they are necessary. What we want to do is find a way to balance the good and the bad. Uh, And there are some effective ways to do that. And there are some ineffective ways. So let's just right off the bat, talk about three ineffective ways to deal with negative emotions. And maybe you can raise your hand if you are guilty of these before. I'm probably just just thinking that (laughs) I'm just going to keep my hand up the whole time. So the first ineffective way that we might be trying to handle our negative emotions is suppression. And this is really common. I see this a lot when I'm talking to people. Mom, I think when you're talking to clients, you've witnessed this suppression, just not expressing that emotion, just keeping it boxed up, right? You're suppressing it because you don't want to deal with it. So what we can tell you is that suppressing your emotions does not make them just go away. And that's not an effective way to deal with them. Another ineffective strategy is what we might call experiential avoidance. So that's the key word there is avoidance. You don't want to deal with this negative emotion that you have, so you're going to avoid it. And most of the time, that's engaging in an unhealthy behavior. So that can be anything from drinking to drug use to maybe even just retail therapy, which I Mm -hmm. hate to admit it, but I, I am very guilty of that. If I'm feeling down or off or even coming off from a difficult conversation or argument, and then I really want to go to TJ Maxx mm-hmm. and it's taken, taking a step back and going, wow, I really am just trying to make myself feel better in this way. So avoiding those emotions by replacing it with something else that a lot of times is unhealthy. And then finally, again, like hand up, rumination. What is that? That's replaying the thoughts over and over again. So instead of suppressing them or trying to lock them away in a box, we are just hyper fixating. And we've got that podcast on overthinking. So I am definitely guilty of rumination, but (laughs) there's a close correlation or a strong correlation between ruminating and experiencing anxiety. And we can just tell you this, it does not help. It is an ineffective strategy to cope with our negative emotions. So those are three that are common, three strategies that are common, but they're not going to help us actually deal with these negative emotions. Because again, I think what's really important here is we don't want them to just go away. Negative emotions are important. We want to experience them. They're necessary in our life. Mm -hmm. They help us to appreciate and balance out the positive emotions, but maybe we need some more effective ways to handle them. So mom, that's where I'm looking at you. 
Okay, I think we've got some more positive ways um, or ways that are healthier to deal with them. But although it makes me think that um, negative emotions have some some of the same qualities as a splinter, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't go away. It, it really doesn't go away. So for those of us that have a history in our families or in our personal lives of of just not dealing with stuff, it doesn't really go away, and and that's okay because you'll have time probably in your life as we learn skills to address things as they come. So, you know, hope is right around the corner. There, There's always a chance that when we wake up and we're taking a breath that we can make the changes. But uh, some of it is to understand what the landscape looks like, know that uh, we need this balance in our life. We have a, probably a really good idea on how to do it in a negative way that might feel familiar. But let's throw a, a stick in the spokes and see what it looks like to do it a little bit more positively. And one of them is to engage in reappraisal. Uh, rewriting your narrative. We've, we've, we've heard this before. And I want to be really clear. Reappraising your situation does not mean that you're just telling yourself a story that isn't true. And that is just positive and all sunshine and rainbows. And because it's false, we all know in our heads, like, well, that's, that's not true. So it has to be authentic and it has to be still experiencing the myriad of emotions. It's like, what's the takeaway though? And I, I, you know, in true joyful rebels fashion, yeah, I, I, there's always something that happens during the week or, you know, within the surrounding weeks of, of doing a topic. I just saw on my, my Facebook feed, so again, if, you know, I feel like that's the stone age, if you're still on Facebook, but whatever. Um, but I love that, that it flashed back to six years ago, I had my right shoulder replaced and uh, yeah, it's as big of a surgery as you might think it's big. It's you, you sleep in a, a lazy boy for six weeks. You're not in your bed because you need to have like borders around you. So you're not, you know, rolling around. Uh, I remember Gretchen and Elisa bought me um, two friends of mine bought me toddler dishes that had suction cups on the bottom because my right hand, I couldn't get it to my mouth. So if I'm eating and the plate is, you know, scooting along the table, I needed it locked down so I could get the food into my mouth. And it was just a really debilitating time. Uh, and here I am in an industry, you know, in the fitness industry where your body and your physicality is your business card. And I'm, I'm sleeping in a, I'm sleeping in a lazy boy. And I, whew. so uh, what came up on my feed today was that a year after I had the surgery, I had like 10 takeaways of what was my version of, of the reframe and the things that I learned from it, the gifts that came uh. out of this thing. And, and the really cool thing, you guys, is that all of them are still true. And, and some of them were, I don't, you know, have them memorized, but they were, you could change your mindset in an instant. You can decide to do something differently. That is, I thought that then, I think that now. There are good healers everywhere from, you know, my physical therapists at, uh, you know, at team rehab to my surgeon to the people that made this great Greek soup in the neighborhood. Like all of that is like the, the healers are everywhere around us. And so we're supported. It's not just you're in it by yourself. It's, it's this community thing if we let others help us. And that you learn things about yourself that you may not when you're super comfortable. I know I don't. When I'm comfortable, I can default to some old messages, some old ways of, you know, patterns of behavior. When you are out of your comfort zone, you're going to get a fresh perspective and learn a thing or two. So I feel like I, it truthfully, could reframe that part of my life as being a gift. 
Mm. really a gift. It changed everything for me. I learned to appreciate my body in different ways. I'm happy to report it's a hundred percent back. I remember in physical therapy, uh, I great physical therapist, Adam, I just said, Hey, I want to handstand again. Cause I could handstand against a wall, uh, in, in yoga. Like I love inverting that way. And, and he said, okay, we could do that. And we calculated out and at 12 weeks is you have to let all the, you know, the cut, um, rotator cuff muscles, like everything had to heal, like, you know, safely, but pushing it for the timeline. And I could do handstands within three uh, and three months after having a complete and total shoulder replacement, which is aggressive. Um, (laughs) But, you know, that was individual to us and our motivations. That's like our minds and how we see the world helps us determine how we're going to show up in it. And that is, you know, so that was my story. And it's funny because I'm I'm on the my surgeon's uh, patient portal, like I'm the patient spotlight person. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be? Like, put me on there because you know this is not. We can be handed, um, feel like we're handed situations that we may not recover from. And for those of you guys that are in situations that are very bleak and dire, you know, I'm not making light of the things that are out of your control that may or may not get better, but to look for the ways that we can make it better and look for the gifts that are in there and to look for how, whatever you're in, is there a positive way that we can come out of it and, and, and show up a little bit differently. And that was so top of mind. I saw it today and I was like, wow. I, and I couldn't have put language around that at that time, that that's exactly what was happening. It was just how I was living. So now having a heads up that that's what that looks like. And I can go into situations uh, experiencing what it is, but that's not the end destination. That's the jump off point for how am I going to interpret it and then use it for my benefit and the benefit for others. So it's a springboard Mm. as opposed to like a, an imprisonment. Mm. So that felt very, very different. Um, so again, number one would be uh, amending your narrative, reappraising how you look at the situation. Some of it might take a little bit of time, but some of it you're going to do in real time too. So know that you have full influence there. Um, uh, another way of, of being able to manage is, um, you know, acceptance. Acceptance is a big thing, which can seem passive, but it's not. And it really dovetails with some of the things we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but it, it really is, it's, you, you pull the the lens back a bit and go, uh, okay, this is where I'm at. Like, that's truthful. Like I'm a straight up, this is where we're at. I don't sugarcoat my speaking that much. I feel like clear speech is helpful for everybody involved. And having a, a, an area where I'm just accepting where we're at provides a concrete jump off point. Like, I'm not going to avoid where I'm at. Like, I can do this. I can't do that. But knowing that in 12 weeks, I could start going back to doing the things that I wanted to do, that was hope. And I do believe that when we have hope, we can send our energy that way and really uh, focus on that piece instead of staying in the weeds, ruminating and and feeling badly, which might be the default. Not going to lie. That could be easy to stay there. One of the things I learned that I had put on this, this Facebook quote was, we all have 24 hours to sit in our stuff, um, not 24 weeks, not 24 years. Like you got 24 hours, then get on with it. And, and that's enough to acknowledge that I'm feeling this thing, but I'm not going to live there. It's like you, you have a carry-on bag of your emotions. Um, I, just, I can stay here for a little bit with my bag. I'm just not going to unpack. 
So I like that. I'm going to either change my narrative. I can accept where I'm at as a starting point. So I have something concrete. And another really important one that I'd like to share with everybody is the language. And Claire, as we were talking about this, you know, right before we came on, uh, I'm going to admit that sometimes it's easier for me to hear it in others and then it sparks it for me. So I don't want you guys, if you're listening to miss that, that you don't always have to have this aha moment as you're doing something in real time. Look for the people that are in your world and just listen to them and it may spark something in you. So, so, you know, how sometimes it's easier to point out somebody else's flaws. You're like, oh, I can see it in them. And, you know, like it's the same thing happens here. I can hear their language. And when I hear um, like the, like the shoulder thing, it wasn't happening to me. It was, you know, it was just happening about me. Like it just took some of the energy out of it. I didn't feel like a victim. I didn't feel like there was this thing that I was so far in it that it was just me and I was by myself. So it pulls the lens back for me and it allows me to be able to reframe things uh, about the language. So the the one really strong message that I got throughout that that particular surgery um, wasn't so much that uh, what is this situation trying to teach me? Like, what is this like uh, arthritis and, and joint replacement and all the physical rehab and all of this? I felt like it, it dawned on me like really early on, the situation isn't trying to tell me that's giving external power. And naturally my mind went to this place where it went like, what am I learning here? I just made it like, it, it, it came to this neutral place. Like, what am I learning? Just what am I learning? So if you're in a heavy spot, I, I do find, and when I do it myself, I hear it with clients that are like, what is this thing trying to, to, to tell me? What is it trying to show me? This thing is just in your life because it's in your life. I would just be like, in my life in this season, what am I learning right now? Because that allows me to learn the the things that potentially need to change. It lets me be aware of the wins that are coming up that I'm seeing. It allows me to learn all of it. It allows me to learn that there's this this, uh, duality to emotions where, as Claire mentioned in the beginning, you can have what can be called a negative emotion, but it can also be coupled with something, a good that can come out of it. We can be really hurt and really uh, uh, just have some really trying times, but then we have developed more compassion and empathy. So we wouldn't have gotten that if we didn't have this. I've, I often hear it in certain certain circles of like our mess turns into our message. Like they go together. So you're not in it alone, mm. that we have the chance to interpret our situations honestly, honestly, and with the facts, this is what it is, which takes some of the the negative emotion that can run rampant and just puts it into place. I'm going to allow it to partner with the good things that happen with it. So it's a little bit more of a balanced approach. And then it's a springboard to personal growth and development, to having these experiences then that maybe you'll share with others to help them along the path. How's that sound, Claire? Ooh, uh, I do love how you mentioned that things happen, like you know, these topics come up and then things happen that just, it's the synchronicities, right? So that thing yep. popping up on your timeline, and it is, I do love what you shared when you were reflecting on that year out from so- shoulder surgery. Um, and every time that you share it, I learned something new. I don't think I knew about the the toddler plates, but that's... <laughs> Right? I mean, the I love how you're talking about it, though, because when I was mentioning the 
ineffective ways that we might deal with coping with our negative emotions, you're offering this this flip side of the coin because it is, again, my hand was raised for all those ineffective ways. We can take a major situation, a major surgery and just, you know, feel defeated. Or I love how you said that external, like this is happening to me. So so many little nuggets and little lessons in there. I think for you listening, what the take home is going to be or what you can do in this next week is what is your one thing? Do you have one big thing? And, you know, episode one, if you didn't mm. know, episode one of the Joyful Rebels podcast, we talk about rewriting your narrative with like specific steps in there that bring up some of those things that you were talking about, mom, like don't lie and make it all, you know, roses and, you know, amazing things. But there's definitely very specific ways in there if you're looking to do that. But even if you've just got something that's hanging around in there, maybe using some of these three tips that you talked about, mom, just reappraising it. And maybe it's in real time. And I think that's really cool. And you've mentioned this before, mom, but when we get exposed to these tips and tricks and skills, and some of them are familiar, that's good because that puts it closer to the forefront of our brain. And I know it's, I know it's worked for you. It's definitely working for me that some of these things can happen in real time. So maybe you've got this big thing that's happened before that it's, it's worth taking a peek at now. If you haven't looked at before, can I maybe find a way to reframe this negative experience in a more positive light? Or maybe it's in the moment. Just think about this language that you're using. Mm-hmm. What is this trying to teach me? And I, I'm going to tell you right now, that is what I'm going to focus on in this next week. When something is coming up, I'm going to try to, with this more neutral voice, what am I learning here? Not what is this big, massive rain cloud trying to teach me? What am I learning here? And I really like that because we have talked about before the power of language. And so bringing it up again, this tool in our toolbox, let's let's just evaluate how we're even speaking to ourselves. So that's what I'm going to do this week. Mom, I know you're going to do it too. If yeah. you're listening, what am I learning? What am I learning from this? Simple words, but really powerful. All right, let's try it out. Until next time, Rebels.